Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. <clears throat> Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Dibs on boom shakalaka episode. Your policy of dibsing everything as a potential episode topic theoretically will <laughs> yield some good episode topics. Mm-hmm. You're the patent troll of episode topics. You, you have to have the ability math. to triage that. Math. You have to be able to, to sift those nuggets out of the kitty litter there. No, 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 no. I don't have to sift them out. Our listeners do. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm going to do every okay. possible topic that I dibs. It's up to them. You know, one or two of them mm-hmm. will be funny. You're right. A venture capital environment has rubbed off on you, Matt. You're just like, yeah, sure, I'll invest in that. Huh? Huh? I got some money. I'll invest in that. Why not? One huh? of them is one of them's right. going to be the next Cracker episode. Sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I've got a home mustard delivery service. Oh, you, that you invested in? No, as a topic. We can talk about that as a topic. Yeah. Yeah. What are the pros and cons? What are your favorite home mustard delivery services? And then we'll create a home mustard delivery service. God damn it, Grant. Dibs on mustard dash. (laughs) Matt, what do you mean, god damn it? He's writing your episode for you. I know, but he's like, he's making it look easier than it is. A lot of work goes into doing that, and he just is filling the beans. Pretty soon, everyone's going to think they can come up with a podcast. Matt, you can't say a lot of work goes into doing it, watching him put no work into doing it. Captain Travis, uh, sometimes in the past there have been episodes wherein uh, Ben (laughs) turns me into his chump where he just says, hey Grant, you do this topic for me. That's right, you're a mark, you're my mark. You just answer a bunch of wrestling questions. You're the topic, you're my topic. And then he doesn't Mm -hmm. have to do anything. I thought, this is a pretty sweet gig. Uh, I'm going to emulate the successful here. I'm going to make my own wrestling question topic and get some chump to answer all the questions for me. In this case, that chump is me. And so I've, wait a minute, hold on here. Uh, Well, you smartened up the way I see it. Don't worry, you're smartened up now. No, no, one chump plus two, carry the chump. Carry the chump, it's a... I got a metric system. Ah, oh, fuck, it's me. Damn it. Um, yeah, apparently I'm the chump. I've told everyone to ask me some wrestling questions. Really, I've got a couple stories that uh, I wrote down a long time ago that I said probably make good fodder for these uh, wrestling question episodes. So let's do one. Well, I'll tell you what, Grant. If there's yeah. any, if you've got stories to tell and we've got some questions to ask, let me get this one in here quick before you hey, go, go off on a story. Um, go ahead. I have a, a, a question for this topic. Um, yeah. What questions do you think Ben would ask you about this topic? <laughs> ben would ask me, uh, are you cool with doing another one of these? Uh, because I just, I have nothing and I don't really want to ha- think of something. And I'd go, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Is this uh, so, Grant? You're telling me this is the third count them third wrestling mm-hmm. question episode that we've done. Uh, we have enough to count them. Is, is that <laughs> a, this would be the third time? Is that a quick three count? Mm-hmm. No, it's a quick. It's a fast count. Uh, it's a, a little controversial. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope it's a. Let's hope it's a quick count. This shouldn't last. Long. 
Here's actually, okay, first question. Yes. What sort of um, training and qualification does one go through and require to become a, a wrestling ref? Oh, a wrestling ref. So refs do actually have to be in pretty good shape because uh, you're just up, down, up, down, up, down. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to... You are the ones who have to know the rules. The wrestlers, surprisingly, very frequently, uh, don't know some of the finer points of the rules. There are certain things that you can, like, do this for three seconds, and or then you got a break, but otherwise you're disqualified. Some things are five seconds. And if you ever mm-hmm. see a wrestler break on two on a thing that's supposed to be five, you know that they don't actually know that rule, because otherwise they'd hold it till four. Uh, Grant, I'm so yeah. confused that there's rules to be known, because I'm pretty sure I've I, seen a guy I've, pinned by, a like a like, a kid's bed that looks like a car. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, wait a second. There, rules. there are rules, uh, and and you're like, they're supposed to follow these rules, but yet you come out with a chair. You can jump out of the ring and never leave the ring contest and still somehow win. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mick Foley did pin the Rock one time with a forklift. With the, he lowered a forklift <laughs> down onto him. That is awesome. It was pretty Ain't awesome. Says you can't use a forklift. Well, there are now, but there weren't then, and that's why that worked. <laughs> you can surprisingly see the training. Uh, in just the experience that refs have when you when there is a special guest referee, when it's one of the wrestlers or some celebrity or whatever, and you see the differences right away. Oh, this guy doesn't really know what they're doing. Especially when in the count, you know, when you see a special guest referee, it shows you that whoa, the real referees go way up and then way, way down. Like they're selling this this count as their arm goes as high and as far back as possible and then slams the mat. One, two, and then, oh, okay, two. Frequently, a special guest referee just uh, will patties. just kind of like tap the mat just like we'll with their wrist us. almost. And like, what is even ha- I There was, I think specifically of one time when I saw Ric Flair do this. And it's like, Ric Flair, you are at the end of your career. Well, what we what seemed to have been the end of his career at the time. <laughs> and this was 15 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, it was 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, but he's been wrestling for 30 years. Right. Ha- have you never seen a ref count and you're like tapping the mat with your wrist? What are you doing? You've been in... You've been in thousands, tens, probably over 10,000 wrestling matches. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yes. He knows about selling. He knows the whole, he knows and the he, business. Yes. He's one of the greatest performers of all time. It just goes to show, no matter how much you think you know it, like until you're in that other, you know, until you're in that other side, like uh, it's a different world. And that's why I think he should attend Grant Seifert's school for professional wrestling coaches <laughs> or uh, referees. Yes, where for, it's basically, for special guest referees. Well, like every referee will train there. There'll be like an arm thing where Grant's going like up, down, up, down. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be like a whole body thing where he's like up, down, up, down. Like he's got him playing <laughs> yes. the Grand Old Duke of York all day just, long. Exactly. Up, down, up, yeah. down. I, I know two words. Up, down. If I just said up, I'm about to say down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a question. Yes. And this is controversial. Um, but first question of the episode uh, Grant, what is... It wouldn't be wrestling if there wasn't a controversy. Yes. Okay, so the first question of this episode. Um, Grant, what is your favorite wrestling submission move? And I, I want to just put in uh, ahead of time, I am... My favorite two are the Camel Clutch and the Boston Crab. Um, mm, which classics. also kind of... Uh, it's like me telling on my age, right? Like, so that shows mm-hmm. my age. But yes. classic, Clearly does. classic submission moves. Was, was the Boston Crab a... Tied to a specific person or pretty widespread? Because like Camel Clutch, I think of the Iron Sheik. Was that not him? Iron Sheik, right. yeah, with the Camel Clutch. 
Austin Crab, a lot of people did stuff like that. Chris Jericho does the Walls of Jericho, but that's a Boston Crab. He just calls it the Walls <laughs> of Jericho. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing too, right? Because they, uh, you know, there's the same kind of move, and then it's just called different stuff. Yes. Ideally, the, the the good thing about a Boston Crab is that you have like the traditional way to get out of it, where you you just gotta like roll over, and then you can like kick him off. And so mm-hmm. you can there's the tension of like, oh, is he gonna roll him all the way over? Is you know, that's kind of go back and forth like that. Uh, a figure four has a similar thing where even though it violates flagrantly, obviously, all sense and reason, if you flip over during a figure four, now the other guy's getting hurt. <laughs> Why? I don't know. The legs are in the same locked configuration, but if you turn over, you have, quote, unquote, reversed the pressure, and now the guy... His, he's using his legs to choke me, but now I'm using my neck to get his legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The, the logic of... The logic of uh, submission moves is great uh, mm-hmm. in is in in the old era especially. I think with popularize the popularization of mixed martial arts, um, the average consumer knows a little bit more about them and mm-hmm. like how you might tap out instead of someone raising your hand three yeah, times. Three times, yes. Uh, <laughs> but that 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 the submission moves used to fascinate me. So. Grant, what are what are what are your what are your well, faves? The, they do have. There's a lot of MMA influence uh, in the last couple decades, and there are people who do like arm bars and stuff. And mm. the good thing about the arm bars, you get the arm all the way through, and then you can kind of like turn it just enough to where you can like uh, break the arm. So you just Whoa. you know you bend the elbow, but it looks yeah. sort of like oh, I broke the eye. It's a it's uh, a pretty good yeah. uh, visual. So you can yeah. yeah. When I was young, it was the, there was like the iron claw, you know, where you just yeah. grip their face that's, and squeeze. Oh, that's the thing. Like, that's a that's Fritz von Erich uh, had the iron claw, which is just hand on forehead. <laughs> oh my god! No one gets out of this. <laughs> He's gonna like crush his skull like a skull. Are you kidding me? It's hard to crush a can in your hand. One hand, not two hands. One yes. hand. Okay, there's yeah. okay. There's a thing in video in in like filmography called the Kuleshov effect, which is just. Whatever surrounds an image will color your impersonate your mental image of that thing. If you see just a woman sitting there, if you then show like some smiling kids and then come back to that same woman, you'll just be like, she's so happy. And then you put oh, the yeah, you yeah, put yeah. a different it's it's all about mm-hmm. context. That is the entirety of all these wrestling moves. It's like uh Oh yeah. I've also like I noticed parents do this. Like, if a kid falls down, you know, like if if your parent makes a big oh. like I'm scared face, the kid will start crying. If you're just like, You're fine, buddy, get up and smile, they're all right. The announcers have to be given so much credit for a lot of these moves oh, yeah. because without Ben's response of the Iron Claw, like, yeah, looking at it now, I'm like, I can, like, it's not even touching my nose. <laughs> like, his palm's not even involved <laughs> and it's yeah. just fingers. When we were kids on the playground, it would be, well, you see what you do. There's a middle finger in your thumb. Those go in your temple. temple. And that's just, and it's like, that's enough. So convinced. I mean, it's annoying. Quit grabbing my head, Adam. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I wondered if you had any of the old ones that you were one of the a fan sillier, of. not really modern day, but not definitely not old. Uh, goes back to Mick Foley. So the guy who the fugitive is based on, like the real life uh, person, uh, Richard. I don't know if his name is Richard Kimball oh, or whatever, Ford. but. Uh, whoever that was was a, re- was a real life person, and he eventually became a professional wrestler. And he invented oh, wow. a hold uh, wherein he puts like 
your fingers in the guy's mouth and then thumb on like the bottom of your jaw there and then you're like clamping down on both of them and that would in rea- in reality hurt a whole hell of a lot now you could yeah, just but like then someone bite, could just his bite fing- your damn fingers yeah, off yeah exactly but but you know there's something there uh Mick Foley would do that but he had this uh silly character called Mr. Sacco that was it yes. was a sock puppet that he was using to try and uh, cheer Vince McMahon up when he was in the hospital, and then everyone started having like Sako three sixteen signs, and so then he tur- he he turns Mister Sako into a thing, and at the end of every match he'd like pull the sock out of his pants, yeah. put it on the hand, and then he'd apply the hold with Mister Sako on, and oh my God. that's a that was a great one. That's fucking brilliant. This is the first time I'm hearing of it, and I'm okay, a huge fan it. of the sock already. Oh, fantastic. Wait, so is Mick Foley the same person as Mankind? Mick Foley is Mankind and also Dude Love and also Cactus Jack. And yes, all three of those guys wrestled in the same Royal Rumble. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Royal Rumble 1998. One of them comes out, is eliminated a few people later. The other one comes out, is eliminated. A few minutes later, the third one comes out. Grant, all you had to tell me was Mick Foley wrestled himself, and I'd be like, I bet he did. Yeah, he he could he would totally have a, a match against himself, and it would be great. That is awesome. Uh, I have another question, Grant. Go ahead. Uh, before you dig into those juicy stories here, mm-hmm. second one of the night. I want to know. Okay, the first question. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's start this off here. Yeah, take it off. I just need people to sell it, and then you guys are—it's working for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, my, so the first question. Um, what are your favorite non-human gimmicks? I'm talking mm. robots. I'm talking aliens. Let's see. I mean, there's there's definitely, as far as what wrestlers have portrayed, they have portrayed plenty of supernatural things. If you can tell me what Damien Demento was, you are a better man than I. Uh, and also, you should tell the WWF because even they didn't know. Uh, the wrestler Conan, early early in his career in the WWF, portrayed a character called Max Moon who wore some kind of like head to toe like neon bodysuit thing and I don't know if he was a robot or an alien or what he was but he was something very briefly and then that stopped because it sucked. Can I just say uh your 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 recommendation that what is Damien Demento? Mhm. I instantly looked it up and what I'm going to say is he is a he is clearly a pair of bear cloth Fuzzy slippers eating a head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some weird, like, mouth thing around his shoulders that looks kind of... I, I don't know what... fly trap, a fuzzy one. Yeah. Hey, no joke. It works for a character in League, but not here. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, very Venus flytrap like. Uh, there was one WCW wrestling event early in the 90s in which uh, Sting... And I have never... I haven't seen this. I'll at some point I'll watch it, but I, so I don't know if Sting wrestles with him or if he's just sort of there at ringside or whatever. But RoboCop shows up. This what? is real. It was a, it was Sting and RoboCop. Oh my god! Uh, and it's widely remembered as one of like the dumbest and worst things uh, <laughs> to ever happen. It's just like what the hell is going on here? You think RoboCop made something worse? Yes, you wouldn't think wow. it, that'd be possible, and yet it it, it did happen. Yep. Um, so that's what I'm thinking, like a robot. There's lots of animals that have a- accompanied wrestlers to the ring. I mean, you got Jake the Snake and his snakes, uh, of which he Damian. has a million unbelievable stories. Uh, there's the British Bulldogs and their bulldog, Matilda. Mm. 
there was, I mean, there have been people coming to the... Coco Beware and the parrot. He's got the parrot. Uh, people who've come to ring with like a, a box with a big tarantula in it. and They used to bring Mr. Fuji out. Think about oh, that. Oh, yeah. And uh, they'd come out, Yokozuna would come out with Mr. Fuji. Yeah, and he'd have so him he'd on a leash, and he uh, let the crowd pet him. Sometimes he peed on an, uh, an audience member once. At one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just as far as animals in wrestling matches are concerned, we can go through the uh, kennel from hell match, which was like hell in a cell thing. So there's big cage all the way around the ring, and then in the space between the ring and the cage on the outside are like handlers with like dogs and the dogs are like vicious attack dogs where the it's supposed to seem like oh wow this is so dangerous but in reality none of the handler or maybe one of the handlers was an actual trained handler the others were just people who had dogs and the dogs were not vicious and they were like smiling and running around and two of them at one point uh were humping each other and they were also <laughs> taking craps and it uh <laughs> It How do you announce that? Hell yeah. <laughs> the, the How do you announce- referee that? <laughs> well, you're going to have to put your hand up real Very high when high. you do the count, Corey. Were you not paying any attention? <laughs> yeah, they have to be like, oh, those dogs look so vicious. But then at another point, they eventually it becomes very obvious they're not vicious. And so they just have to be like, well, I don't know what to say here, folks. This is this is one for the books. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just gonna, you can say, hey, who sent yeah. them out here to crap on them? Who, yeah. Who's behind this? Is who's it, behind this? Someone's behind this crap. Yeah. This was supposed to be vicious dog. Someone is behind this. Then you got a new angle going for next mm-hmm. week, baby. If you're listening, WWE, hire me. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Do you have a wrestling story for us? No. <laughs> Damn it! I'm a rube. I walked right into that. Grant, I did have one first question. <laughs> oh yes. If Ben were to ask you if you had a wrestling story, do you? Uh, yes, I do, actually. It's about time someone asked me. Thank you, Corey. I would like but that. I, it's a little annoying that you're starting off with it. I thought we'd get a preamble with some other questions, but uh, first right question right out the gate. Uh, wrestling story. I'm going to tell you the story of Chris Jericho and uh, his feud with Dean Malenko and the 1004 holds. So Dean Malenko was a... Very, like, well-trained technical wrestler. And he called himself the Man of a Thousand Holds. Okay. He was even on his tights. Man of a Thousand Holds. Okay. Uh, Chris Jericho, who is a uh, hilarious asshole, uh, was feuding with him, and he decided... I like his resume. He would say, <laughs> uh, uh, I know a thousand four holds. I know four more holds. Yeah! In <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah! I know four more. Uh, and he said that a bunch, and then one time... He comes out to the ring and he has this long trail of like old printer paper that's all like one long thing. Yes. And he gets yes. into the ring and it's this long thing. He's like, I will now read to you my list of all 1,004 yes, yes, yes. holds. Yes. Hell yeah. Hold number one, arm bar. Hold number two, arm drag. Hold number three, arm bar. Every other hold was arm bar. Half of them were completely made up, ludicrous nonsense, like the spinning Fantastic. family gradunzel. One of them was just hold number whatever, the shiria, hold number forty, <laughs> arm bar. Like he just didn't even say anything. Just how many did he get through? Awesome. Uh, he got through maybe a dozen. They cut to commercial. 
Then <laughs> he just starts shitting. They were in Chicago, I think. So he just starts shitting on all the local sports teams. Cubs yes. suck. White Sox suck. Bears. And just going as hard in that direction as he can. So then they come back from commercial. And it seems like he's been reading them the whole time. And the crowd is booing like crazy. And he's like, hold number. And he skips ahead to like, hold number 742. <laughs> Armbar. <Yeah>. Armbar. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually Dean Malenko comes out and attacks him. And he starts like... He tears the list uh, of holds, and Chris Jericho's like, no, my holds, no, my holds. And he's, like, <laughs> scrambling around for the pieces of paper, just, no, my holds. Because, like, you wouldn't know of him. Right. Yes. Yes. Like the magic spells. Yes. yes. That's uh, so great. It was, that's a delightful, delightful uh, story. It's a favorite of my, of my friends, the thousand and four holds. A thousand and four. Yeah, a thousand. I'm not going to, I don't want to have to do this. I don't want to have to do this here. All right, tonight, Lil' Cap and Travis uh, in Waukesha, New Mexico. Dib, dibs on a thousand and four holds uh, episode where I read. I'm announcing and I have a thousand and five holds. Oh, yeah. fuck. One more hold than Chris I know Jericho? I a thousand and five holds, including the arm bar. I don't know if Jericho mentioned that. <laughs> but I know the arm bar. That might be the one that you know that he doesn't. That might be what Number 1005, the arm bar. Mm-hmm. As I was reading about... Um, Hulk Hogan, you know, going to the NWO and being a, I almost said NWA, uh, <laughs> going to the NWO and being a, a heel, you know, you've got the greatest, uh, like face of all time, you know, switching. I was kind of thinking like, man, what would that be like? Cause you, who wouldn't want to be the hero, right? And everyone's cheering you and love you and you get the adoration. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's gotta be kind of hard to flip. But as soon as you started talking about like, just making fun of the local sports teams. I'm like, you know what? That would be kind of fun too, to just be like, okay, all right. How can I GP, piss these baby. people? Out? Like your job is to just poke people. And I'm like, all right, uh, a heel would be kind of fun. Most yeah. wrestlers say like, you make a lot more money as a good guy, but you have a lot more fun as a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Chris Jericho is a very natural heel. He's, he, he loves, uh, you know, poking at that kind of stuff. It's probably most people who knew him growing up are not surprised that he, like, oh, that asshole that I grew yes. up. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's, he does that professionally now. No, he's, a, he's a professional you know. asshole, you say. All right. All right. Well. <laughs> well I must have gotten his degree. Coming? He's still uh, alive. Who, I thought, who's the who's the ghost? Uh, Eric Reed would tell ghost jokes. I thought ghost it was jokes. about him. Yeah. But the ghost of whom? No, I thought there was like a professional wrestler that. Uh... The well, it started with so my friend Eric Reed uh, during our annual Jam Mania tournament, in which we play NBA Jam and I win. Uh, he would have a, a point where he would do essentially a stand-up comedy routine of just like telling all of these go- terrible and sometimes very good uh, ghost jokes <laughs> that he would come up with. Uh, for example, it's, what's what's a classic one? Uh, hey, did you hear uh, that? Uh, and it would always be because it was at a time when rest, a lot of uh, wrestlers were dying very young. Uh, and so it would be whatever wrestler had died most recently would be the ghost. Uh, Umaga was a wrestler and he died. Hey, did you hear uh, that Umaga had, had a pair of fake tits? No, I thought he had a pair of normals. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A classic. Wow. That's a classic. Classic ghost uh, jokes. But it's funny you bring that up because one year he did... 
a thousand and four ghost jokes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he had a list of, of of paper that he came out with. Oh and, my god, were some of them arm bars? Yeah, there there some of them were arm ghost bars. Ghost bar. Uh, hats off. Yes. Hats off. Yes. Uh, a, a, an official free legal advice podcast. Hats an off. Official. We're taking we the podcast taken our hats hat off. off. The podcast hat is off. Ooh. We've doffed it. Our okay, we're going to don it again. Podcast, it's been donned. The podcast hair under that hat is pretty sweaty. It's been a while since that hat's been taken it's, off. <laughs> that is a hat head. Uh, and believe me, we were happy to don the cap Ladies again. Ladies and gentlemen, but, this is the first. This is a doff cast. We don't do this often. <laughs> You've doffed it. It's been doffed. Who, I, then if I'm not thinking of Chris Jericho, wasn't there some kind of like murder-suicide? Or You're thinking some, of Chris Benoit. That's Chris a less Benoit, funny story. That's the one. That's yeah, the it's one. It's a less funny story of the double murder-suicide, but uh, yeah. <laughs> They're both Canadians named Chris, so it's, it's okay, easy to Okay, that's exactly. Guess. I was like, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so the other story I had is the story of the Brawl for All. Uh, one of the most infamous events in wrestling history, made more infamous by the fact that it had to play out week after week after week. It was not a one-time thing. It was months of this. Repeat nonsense? Uh, because, and there was no build up to it they didn't say there wasn't like hey next week the brawl for all starts it just happened during that random episode of monday night raw in 1998 sometime in the summer you there's a few matches happening okay and shows in progress come back from commercial the lights on the audience are now off there's just lights on the ring uh the ring has those like vertical support things that you see in boxing rings where there's like the vertical tape keeping the ropes together or whatever. And it's not just the loose horizontal ropes. There's a panel of judges sitting next to the ring mm-hmm. and it's different music starts playing and there's a v- graphic that says brawl for all. And Jim Ross tries his darndest to <laughs> be like, well, folks, uh, in reality, I think this is one of the dumbest ideas ever. <laughs> And I am saying something and I will be vindicated. But like, I have to pretend that this isn't one of the dumbest ideas ever. They had two guys come out and legitimately fight each other using a special type of made up rules. Each there was three rounds, one uh, minute per round. Uh, Judges would score you. You'd get like, I think, 10 points for lead for leading around on punches or something like that. Uh, and you'd get like five points for every takedown. And okay, that's, that's a it. weird system. But it's legitimate. This is not scripted. They are not okay. pretending to hit each other. They are hitting each other. Uh, they're genuinely trying to take each are other. Are they down. wearing gloves of any kind? They're wearing gloves. Okay. Uh, MMA gloves or boxing gloves? I think it was boxing. They were they weren't small. They weren't like, like yeah okay yeah, they like were sixteen ounce yeah. or ten ounce gloves. Yes, or they were boxing like, they're gloves big ones. for sure. Okay, yeah the audience recognizes that this is not professional wrestling instantly, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And they just start booing and they start (laughs) chanting, we want wrestling. Yeah. And they just have to be like, like it, it's a gimmick that they, it's this big 16 man tournament and it dies 30 seconds into it. And Uh, so they're just, they just kind of had to be like, well, I guess we're going to keep doing this in two matches every single week. Week after week after week. Two Brawl for All matches. Guess what? A lot of guys got hurt. 
Yes, I was going to say it's not like you got to drop that right away because people get hurt in fights. People get hurt in wrestling, in (laughs) professional wrestling. wrestling They get hurt. Yeah, because I take a bump somehow or whatever reason. I mean, even if I if something doesn't go wrong, I can pull a muscle Mm because people are people. You know those you know those entertainers we pay to pretend like they're punching each other. Mm -hmm. Let's have them punch each other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not Mm -hmm. trained fighters at all. Uh, No. Now. In the WWF at this time was Ken Shamrock. They said, <laughs> they're like, Ken Shamrock, you want to be in this tournament, right? And he's like, there is l- no upside for me at all. Yeah. What's <laughs> the upside? Yeah. That he's beaten some, un- okay, if I win, I'd beat a bunch of dickhead a bunch tomato of cans nobodies. who have no training. Uh, I could get hurt. I don't make any more money for it. You make a little bit more money, but not much. There was like a little bit of a bonus involved, but. Yeah. Not, but not otherwise, he would, to he'd just it. eat them up quickly, you know? Yes. Or like a Brock Lesnar uh, against them. Or any, like Kurt Angle, any real shooters. Like, yes. Okay. Uh, Ken Shamrock said, I won't do it. Uh, Kurt Angle was a year away from uh, joining the company. Brock oh, was like okay. two or three. Also in the company was Dan Severn, oh, another real shit. fighter. He, he joined the tournament. Yeah, he Dan's his, crazy. He won his first round match, surprise. Uh, and then he dropped out. He's like, there's nothing. I'm... I've yeah. come to my senses, and he yeah. they they had him cut like a little bit of a promo to be like, I'm not doing this anymore. This is I have nothing yeah. left to prove. Yeah. Uh. So the rest of the tournament was filled out with random professional wrestlers. And to, for for the uninitiated, Ken Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn were both UF early UFC fighters. Yes. Um. Ken Shamrock maybe a little bit more well rounded. Um. If I'm just I'm just going by memory here, by the way. But these guys are not the same caliber today where they're like really, really trained heavily in stand up, uh, uh, like so kickboxing and wrestling and submissions and all this kind of stuff. But still, yes, let's just say that they were um, what, like there's a tough man contest and then there's boxing um, and then there was like early UFC and then there's UFC now. It, these guys were legitimate bad ass oh, yeah. bad dudes bad dudes they would lay waste to a room of people no problem and no the, problem it's not even just that they can punch you the takedown rule uh people figured out pretty quickly like well that's the way to well a couple people figured it out that well you just take them down over and over again five points every time yeah uh instead of yeah. just 10 points once around maybe to, yeah. to win on punches and so yeah that's what Dan Severn just took his okay. opponent down over and over and over again. And a high school wrestler league champion um, versus the teaching staff uh, <laughs> and like, at, a, at a grade school. Ken Shamrock All, yeah. went to like the U.S. national or like the Olympic trials. Uh, he yeah. didn't make it through, but like he's no. a real wrestler. Dan Severn, yeah, yeah, real yeah, wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The reason that they they came up with this idea is because wrestling locker rooms. Uh, for all time, have been full of big, uh, tough man wannabe blowhard assholes who are just mm-hmm. like, oh, I can take you, I can kick your ass, I can kick your ass. And the head writer was just, he, he called out one of them specifically, just like, I'm so sick of hearing you say this shit. Prove it. Let's just do it. Let's just have a, a real fighting competition. Mm-hmm. And no one thought through all of the many, 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 many reasons not to do it. I mean, it's terrible. It. It's a stupid fucking <laughs> The same guy said, what if they were Star Wars prequels? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, on the other hand, it's like if you were an emperor and you're like, what if a bear would fight an alligator? Put them in the pit. Put them in the pit. 
And you're like, and also Lewis, because he talks so much shit, he's so obnoxious. Lewis, get in the pit with the bear and the gator. So so maybe like one or two, like Dan Severn did a bunch of takedowns. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Death, Steve Williams, also oh, yeah. collegiate wrestler. He tried to, he did a bunch of takedowns. Uh, he he was the favorite going into the, the tournament. Even even with Dan Severn in the tournament, but that's the that's the that's the respect that people in that wrestlers had for Steve Williams. Uh, he ends up in the third round of a match that he's winning easily. Uh, he tears his hamstring, and I don't know anything about fighting, but watching someone try and stand uh, with a torn hamstring and defend oh themselves, God. you can't do that. No, because you need your legs to spread out and form a base, and he's balancing on one leg, and so then he got knocked out really badly, and he oh, was out God. for many months. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, he'll, he's going to push every every punch to the right. He'll quit the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need yes. your hamstring. And okay, first of all, that's such a horrific injury that mm-hmm. if I were to tear my hamstring, I don't care what else I'm doing. I just stop doing it. Yeah, if I it lay were down swimming, go, I just drown and go. It's over. He's um, a tough guy, and <laughs> he just he's like incredibly he kept, tough. Like, throwing being. punches and trying to just but yeah uh, fight it out. But uh, and he even got he took a bunch of direct shots straight to yeah, straight to the face you can't and didn't defend go down, yourself anymore now you but can't like without move. going down and then eventually one got him Christ. right on the jaw and then out like a light oh uh, god everyone else because they are tough guy idiots mm-hmm. and not trained fighters they didn't no one else went for takedowns even though that's the obvious way to win they all just went for straight punch and just punch 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 hands, punch less and they're just Throwing haymaker after haymaker, yeah, yeah, and yeah, they're so yeah. exhausted. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing of being a giant galoot. Like you just get winded right away. I mean, they're in good shape. Uh, yeah, general, absolutely. Like, they're compared to the general very good public, shape, but they're not used to doing that. Yeah. Um. It, everybody knows this deal. Like, hey, go try and box for a minute. Just mm-hmm. you know, right. shadow box for a minute, and and then you'll be like, ah, I'm dying, and yeah. nobody's trying to hit you or anything. Boxing uh, stamina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, now if you're a great big guy having to throw those tree trunks around, I don't know. We're, we are rehashing a thing that we already know. That was a terrible <laughs> fucking idea. I'm just saying, two, uh, wrestling was three rounds of two minutes, and I was like, we better die in this first round because two <laughs> minutes is an eternity. <laughs> Here's the thing, Corey. We were training to do that, uh, you know? It's still rough. And it's like, well, cross-country guys run for longer than six minutes. It's like, yeah, mm. and wrestlers can't beat them at cross-country races, and cross-country guys will gas in an instant yeah. when they it has to be... It's like, well, oh, you guys are doing, like, weightlifting aerobically. Okay, okay, I get it. Even when I did, like, basketball in junior high, I would come off of cross-country season and do a couple runs up and down a basketball court and be winded because I'm not used (laughs) to sprinting and stopping and sprinting. It's just completely different. It's a different sport. So you got these great big guys and you go, do another sport now. Yeah. We're having a badminton tournament next week. (laughs) They all suck. (laughs) And it's a shoot badminton tournament, too. This isn't scripted. This is real. (laughs) So the winner of the Brawl for All was a wrestler named Bart Gunn. Okay, that's a pretty good name. He's the guy who knocked out Steve Williams, knocked out a few uh, other guys, uh, won the Brawl for All. Then, at the next WrestleMania, they said, Bart Gunn, winner of the Brawl for All, you're going to fight Butterbean in a Brawl for All match. No, no, no! Is a boxer? Yes, he's a legitimate professional boxer. He's totally game, and he's like, 
uh, Bruce Pritchard tells a story of like, we talked to Butterbean. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So uh, you want me to lose or what's going on? And they're like, no, we want you to really go. And he's like, mm. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I don't think you do. No, like yeah. I, I'll, I'll lose, like, you know, depending on the money, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a loss. It's all, I'll, are you sure? Oh, yeah, we want you to really do it. Do you want me to like make it last a certain amount of time? No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Really yeah. do it. Go at yeah. him. It lasted 30 seconds, most of which <laughs> uh, was spent with uh, Bart Gunn on the mat. Oh like it's God. a couple seconds and then bam, he goes down. And then eventually he like gets back up another couple seconds. Bam, goes down. It was a TKO yeah. in like 30 seconds. I honestly feel worse for Butterbean in that situation where they're just like, it's fine. And then you crush someone's skull in in two seconds. And you look at the guy and like, again, and you're like, really? <laughs> we don't, you don't do haven't seen to? a boxing match. At this point, I don't have to do that to him again. In the NFL, he's out. He, he doesn't get to play next week. I'm in a vicious sport where we hit each other to death, and um, this is where we call it quits. What do you yeah. mean again? <laughs> we need to. Yeah. You sure about that? The thing is, that's yeah. a sign that he's had enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to wait for 30 seconds for him to wake up. He's, he's had enough. I've punched enough guys until they've had enough to know when they've had enough, and that guy mm. looks like he's been punched until he's had enough. <laughs> the guy's had enough. Oh, my God. Grant, I, I Okay. I thought that you were going to say that after the first week, when everyone hated it and they people got hurt, they're like, oh, we'll never do this again. No, they went through with the whole tournament. And I thought, man, that's dumb. Even after some wrestlers, the talent who they have are in whom they are in in whom they are invested, mm. uh, they get hurt. They're like, no, let's oh, yeah. stop it. No, they go through the whole thing. And then later, with months the benefit later. of time to sober down, months you know, this later. is months now. They decide to have a professional boxer. <laughs> they already saw how lopsided it was where, like, guys with some fighting experience, they're like, well, what if a professional boxer hit him? Like, <laughs> my God. Next, they're going to have him fight, like, the same guys, uh, Bart Gunn again. Mm-hmm. He's going to fight like an automotive robot. He's going to fight Truckosaurus. <laughs> What'd you say? He's going to fight Truckosaurus. Yeah, Truckosaurus. I was just thinking an assembly line yeah. robot at Ford. <laughs> just, <laughs> he's going to fight this 10,000-pound press. Can he... Okay, he has been squashed into a face. One, two, yeah. three. <laughs> Raise your hand higher. Uh, uh, is this his hand or is this part of his hair? Oh, I can't... Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Wow. That was a dumb fucking idea. It's a story of the Brawl for All. I just don't get why, like, you said... Instantly, it's being booed, and like, oh, we yeah. gotta, we gotta hold up to this. It wasn't all; they weren't doing all sixteen matches that night. Like, why, why didn't they just they next just, week go? Like, uh, all wrestling is like these story charades that they and storylines that they make up anyways. Why didn't they be like stole the belt? Um, a bomb no. would have hit him, and now we can't do it, and so it's now we're moving on. Very like, much you had each week to stop. Yeah, yeah. they could have stopped every week. It's very much a Vince McMahon trait to just be like. We we decided we're gonna do this, so I'm let's right. let's make it work. And if yeah. it if it eventually if it fails, then okay, we failed and that was wrong. And but then we'll move on. But like we got to give it our best, pal. Got to keep going. Yeah, it's, yeah we can sure. turn this thing around. He would be on the Titanic saying like, I think we can fix this. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. he's just he's very he's optimistic in that sense. Grant, my 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 only observation here is I feel like I don't listen to your stories or this podcast, but I feel like you've told. Stories are like, they tried something and stopped 10 seconds in. Like, that seems to be par for <laughs> the course with... in the episode, yes. Yeah, it's like, 
that seems to be a thing that they're entirely capable of doing. Yeah, to Matt's point, it's not a real sport. It's not like you go like, oh, uh, let's uh, let's well, change stuck the rules for the of baseball this year well, yeah. and just stop. Yeah. Well, we got to get the commission together. He's a complicated person. And I think when you have one wrestler and you have the idea of their character and you put them out there a few times and it doesn't work, you're just like, oh, fuck it, that didn't work. But when you have a tournament and you have all these matches scheduled, you're just like, well, let's see what happens, pal. Let's we do the whole thing. Doing the whole thing for a character is putting them out there a few times. And in mm-hmm. his mind, doing the whole thing for the tournament is doing the whole thing. Months and months. But then the tournament was done. You didn't then, have to have yeah, him fight Butterbean. What were like, you thinking? What yeah. <laughs> and he's Sometimes. even like, I'll take a dive. Like, I mean, this, yeah. I, I'll, I'll work. I know what wrestling is, you know. <laughs> You know, I, I, I like watching um, re- like amateur wrestling, um, meaning you know, real wrestling, whether it's Olympic level or mm-hmm. collegiate level. Um, I like watching fighting. I like watching judo. I like watching. I like watching that kind of stuff. And sometimes when I when I see a top level match, sometimes in the back of my head, I do think like, man, I wonder what it would be like for these guys like against you know the average Joe. But I pretty quickly go, it's not entertaining at all. I mean. Hmm. It's just like instantly flattening someone. It's yeah. not like a high school wrestler versus a, a larger, regular, untrained person. That's sort of entertaining to go, <laughs> look at that. It makes them look kind of silly. Uh, no, this, is, this isn't this is even fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> pro boxer heavyweight. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. What a crazy idea. But that's what keeps us coming back every week. Am I uh, right? Uh, I got all these crazy stories. Well, I've got uh, one question for little Captain Travis. Uh, Do you want to see bears fight alligators and then the winner of the bear and alligator fight Butterbean? (laughs) If so, email us (laughs) at freelegaladvicepodcast at gmail.com. That'll be a real fight, too. (laughs) Hey, uh, if if you thought that Coco Beware had a real parrot at the ring, you need to get smartened up. And the Mm. best place to get smartened up is to follow us on Instagram. We are Free Legal Advice Podcast. The parrot was actually Gory Guerrero in the in the uh, turkey costume, the gobbledygooker. Goddamn <laughs> We can't go a single wrestling episode without bringing up the gobbledygooker. <laughs> I tried. And like Grant always says, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Free Legal Pod, where Matt will be asking the first question of the podcast. Grant, what is your favorite wrestler? That's gonna it's be about time. On I told you guys to. Oh, at Free Legal at the Pod. End. Sorry, it's the end. Can't do it. Damn it. And if you Bam. guys like if you guys like the show, uh, fight Butterbean. Liking a podcast is probably putting you on par with fighting a uh, giant boxing Hulk. Uh, see how that turns out. Let us know. Send your uh, have your have your descendants send your uh, the results <laughs> to Kim. Classic. 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 A classic bit. Episode 125. Dear Free Legal Advice, I never thought this would happen to me. Mm-hmm. The Expendables is a ridiculous movie that assembles veiny action heroes on a flimsy pretense of assumed plot. What if there was a film called The Dependables, starring typical supporting actors? What would the plot and cast be? And this is where it's important for little Captain Travis to know that we will read anything that you send us, because I originally read this as sidekicks and not supporting actors. <laughs> Which is entirely a different topic. Mm-hmm. So I didn't no even realize inc- you were getting it from this topic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, little Captain Travis, I just want you to know, no matter how incorrectly we will interpret mm-hmm. your question, 
We will read it aloud. We will read it how we choose to read it and interpret it how we choose to interpret it. He's essentially given us two topics because I've done a ton of preparation about sidekicks and why it would be a terrible movie. And uh, it turns out this is an entirely other topic that's still up for dibs. This is his topic, okay? This is it. We're doing it. This yep. is the topic. And he's saying, no, but it's a different thing. Oh, you wrote different words? Well, we, we read different words. So, <laughs> so some of us are strict. You get uh, what you get. Some of us strictly interpret the questions to the letter as they were written. Others right. of us interpret as the spirit in which they were intended. Folks, and that's why we... Yep. And this this panel, this Supreme Court of Free Legal Advice uh, judges, we can interpret the law as we have strict constitutionalists. We have... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, liberal uh, uh, hippies or free thinkers, what have you. We're all <laughs> interpreting the law in our own way. Um, I'm legislating this episode from the bench, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Turn internet over.